0: What's up, guys? I'm Kingston, and I'm Ronald, and today I'll be reading Charlie Brown and Friends. Good afternoon, Doctor. I'm fine, thank you, yes. I think I've been feeling weird lately. Yes. Okay. Nurse, hurry! The Doctor has fainted. Is he all right? Wow. I never saw a doctor faint before. My report today is on dinosaurs. The largest dinosaur to ever live is extinct. (coughs) Sorry. Come on, Charlie Brown. Puck it. Poom I know I need help. I don't deny that. Hmm. Absolutely. Everyone needs help on something. Good night, friend. I'll see you in the morning. Good night. (sighs) I just need a few more hours. Can you please give me five cents? I'm the doctor here. You're supposed to give me money. Man. What is wrong with that bird? Plop plop. <sighs> now I'm gonna tell you what happened in DC Pages. So, what happened in DC Pages is Charlie Brown is at the doctor's office because he feels sick, and the nurse passes out. And since the nurse passes out, he calls the other nurse, and that's really surprising to Charlie Brown. Now I'm switching over to Ronald.
1: And today I'll be reading Diary of Wimpy Kid Old School. Continue. Mr. Nuzio had left his own footprints in the baby powder when he was spreading it around. So all we needed to do was follow his exact footsteps. And he'll never know we left. The only problem was that Mrs. Nuzio's footprints were a lot bigger than our, ours. But Mr. Jefferson had left his hiking boots under the bay, and they looked like a perfect match. I went first. It was a little hard staying in Mr. Nozio's tracks, but I made it to the other side of the baby powder. Then I tossed the boots back to the next guy. Toss, toss. We got everyone out of the cabin that way, even Emiano, who hitched a ride with Jeffrey. Once we were all clear, we headed through the woods towards the girl's cabin. But before we knew it, we were all totally lost. It was kind of scary because nobody even knew which way our cabin was. Then Jeffrey made everything a hundred times worse by bringing up the subject of silent scratch. Jeffrey said Silas scratch was probably watching our every move and is going to pick us off one by one and eat us alive. <coughs> That got my cabin weights all stirred up, and I thought they were all going to scatter in every direction, but Emiliano saved the day. He picked up a scent in the air. He said he could smell the girl's cabin, and it was not that far off. Sure enough, one of the cabins was about 50 feet away. We crept up as quietly as we could. Then we put some of our team building skills into action to get up to an open window. It sounded like everyone was asleep inside, so I lowered myself through the window and dropped down to the floor without making a sound. But when I looked around, I realized I was in a cabin full of Girl Scouts. <laughs> I decided to call off the mission to get the order, but by the time it was already too late, OOF! (laughs) Everything after that is kind of a blur. I remember girls yelling, hands grabbing at my ankles, and my cabin mates trampling one another to get out of the front door. Then it was just a mad dash through the woods. Don't ask me how, but we found our way back to our cabin. Unfortunately, we forgot all about the baby powder, and it was totally trampled in. But at that point, it was the least of our worries. I thought the mission was a total failure, but it turns out we didn't come back empty handed. Graham had swiped a bag out of the girl's cabin and brought it with him. <sighs> definitely wasn't comfortable with stealing and said that one of us needed to sneak the bag back to the girl's cabin before anyone noticed it was missing. But I got outvoted on that idea because everyone else was curious to see what was inside. The clothes in the bag didn't look like they belonged to any girl our age. But by the time we figured out who the bag belonged to, the owner was standing at our doorway. I thought Mrs. Grazio found us because of the baby powder, but it turns out it was even easier than that. She said when she opened her cabin door, she found Emiliano stumbling around in the dark, which just goes to show you should never leave a man behind. Mr. Grazio chewed us out for our immature behavior and our immature shenanigans. She said we couldn't be trusted on our own for the night, so she was going to get on the phone to find an emergency chaperon. I couldn't imagine who would be willing to drive all the way out of the middle of nowhere to go to this place. I knew that whoever it was, he wasn't going to be happy about it. And it turns out I was right. I really wish Mrs. Grazio had just sent me home instead of calling Dad to chaperone us for the last day. Dad was already mad enough about the car. Now he had to babysit a bunch of unshowered middle schoolers, and it wasn't fun breaking the news to him that he didn't even have a working bathroom at our cabin. I figured I owed it to Dad to at least give him a basic rundown of the camp, but he seemed to already know everything I tried to tell him. Somehow he even knew about the stew, because when he... Put some serving onto his plate, he scraped it right back into the pot. At first, I thought Dad must have been a chaperone when Roderick went to this place. But when I saw one of the other chaperones greet Dad, I put it all together. Welcome back, Frank! Dad went to Scrabble Farms when he was a kid. No wonder he wasn't happy to be here. If his experience was anything like mine... I'm sure he never imagined in a million years he'd be back. Me and my cabin mate spent the day trying to set up our camp for the overnight, and it was pretty clear dad had no intention of helping out. Half the time, he was off somewhere else doing who knows what. When he was when he was around, he didn't lift a finger. So we set up our shelter without him. Luckily, Grandpa's book had a chapter on how to build a waterproof lean. So we didn't need Dad's help. Yap, 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 yap. At dinner, some kid from another group seemed really shaken up. They said they saw a shack up. Ahead, they said they were gathering firewood and came across an old stack that they were 99% sure it was Silas Scratch. I thought Dad was going to just tell them Silas Scratch was a made-up story to keep kids from leaving their cabins. But instead, he said that when he went to Hot Scrabble Farms... A couple of kids went poking around Tyler scratchy shack and were never heard from again. Scream! Everyone was really shaken up about that story, and everyone asked Mrs. Granzio, can they stay inside for the night? But she said... It's always been like this at the last night of Scrabble Farms, and it's going to stay that way. We had gotten the fire started earlier, and when we got to our campsite, it was still going. The fire was dying down, though. So we needed to get some more firewood to feed it. But once it got dark out, the guys in my group were... Too scared to leave the fire to help. So I had to help myself collect sticks. I would've asked dad for help, but who knows where he is. So I went to look for firewood by myself. The area around our campsite was picked pretty clean of sticks, so I had to go deeper. Then I came across an old shack, but when I saw electricity in it, I knew a a de-raised farmer cannot live in there. I went a little further in. When I walked down into a hallway, I found something that really shocked me. It was a bathroom with a toilet and a sink and everything. There was a few rows of extra toilet paper, and it wasn't the cheap stuff either. It's. Then I heard whistling, and it was coming from right behind me. It turned to run, and that's when I ran smack into that.!" Ah! I was totally speechless. Dad told me the story, and I asked Dad to help me find my way back to the campsite. It started to rain, and by the time we got back to the fire, it was completely out. I guess a group got desperate and threw anything would turn because I found my book in there, or at least what was left of it. My cabin mates had picked apart our shelter for firewood, and that's where we found them, all huddled together. I really didn't want to spend the night out in the rain, and thankfully, Dad didn't either. I guess he wasn't too concerned about the camp rules because he snuck us all back into our cabin. It must have stunk to high heavens in there, but it was the best night of sleep I had ever had in my life. (laughs) This morning, we packed up all of our stuff and brought it to the parking lot. Almost everyone in my class looked like a wreck from sleeping out in the woods every night, but my group actually looked refreshed. My cabin mates kept saying how lucky we were to have survived the week with Silas Scratch prowling around, and it wasn't all that bad, but all I could do was bite my tongue. Believe me, I was tempted to tell everyone that Silas Scratch was a hoax People might have even treated me like a hero for finally putting an end to the whole thing. But I figured I might get stuck chaperoning this place one day. And if I do, I want to use that bathroom for myself. I was about to load my bag onto the bus, but then Dad told me I could ride home with him. That was why I drove with him. And that was way better than sitting in someone's lap. So I took Dad's up on his offer. On the way out, there were a bus coming in with a whole new crop of kids. I quickly scribbled a message to warn them about what they were in for. I figured it was the least I could do. Beware of silent Scratch. So in these few pages, this is the end of the book, and Greg and his cabin mates are sleeping outside, and his cabin mates are f- afraid to go get sticks mm-hmm. for the kids. So, he, they took, made Greg go, and he found an old shack where his dad was taking a shower, and his dad had told them that he had made up Tyler Scratch.
0: Now, it's fun fact time. Did you know Air Force One is 63 feet and 5 inches tall? And did you know the reason why you blink is to
1: keep your eyes clean?
0: Bye now.